Hi, Matt's here. Just a brief content warning at the top of this episode, we do have two mentions of suicide within the context of the episode's plot. If that is not something you are prepared to listen to right now, we understand and will include timestamps so that you can skip accordingly. Thank you, and enjoy the episode. So, whatever has kept random people from stumbling into Storybrooke for the last 28 years? It's gone. Welcome to Storybroke. Miserably Ever After. Uh, I am encouraging you to buy a physical book. Buy books. Buy physical books specifically. Mads. I have a sinus infection in the age of COVID. Elaine. Oh no, a sinus infection? I mean, it's not bad. I had the surgery several years ago, so it just means I'm a little stuffy, but I'm not in pain. Ah, yes. I I, I went to, um, so just like heads up, this episode is coming. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since we saw everybody. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How are you all? Man, summer's nuts. Summer's nuts. Um <sighs> So June was a month. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Happy Wrath Month, everybody. Yeah. I I, I know that I have been gone. I will give a, a long and detailed explanation on what has happened with us, but not today. Uh, I will do that on the Twitter, because mm-hmm. I'm sure you all want to hear the episode. Um, but it is mostly my fault. Just throwing that out there. It is <laughs> 99% Mads. Um, and June was a very busy month for me as well. So I I wasn't quite as pushy as I could have been. So that other 1% is on me. Yeah. TLDR, um, uh, depression, family issues, launching a new business, um, more depression, and uh, running out of my meds and going off meds for a while. That was fun. That was Ooh. really fun. That's way more dire than I had a dance show. Everyone forgot my birthday <laughs> and uh, it was my anniversary. I'm sorry. No, you you came to I'm joking about it. People didn't actually forget my birthday. I'm joking. <laughs> I forget my I would forget my own birthday at this rate because June is just too full of everything for everybody. Um, so I'm about to have to start celebrating my half birthday in December. I I messaged Elaine the day after her birthday to wish her happy birthday because you, I'm a terrible friend, but I was also not you came even... And, you came and got ramen with me two days before, which was That's my birthday right. lunch. That's right. You actually came to my birthday lunch thing. It's fine. This is not a guilt trip to people. I'm joking. I really did not make a big deal about my birthday this year <laughs> because I was too busy planning a double birthday for my husband and my son, whose birthdays are two days apart. I left my house. It was amazing. Yeah, it was great. Um, I saw uh, Mads in person. I, I don't know if I'm up to leave the house again for the next six months, but I will give it an attempt. No, I am uh, I am frequently leaving my house. I'm shopping for a bookmobile. So, Whoa. <laughs> uh, that's a whole thing. So, yeah, I'm shopping for a, uh, either a van or large truck to convert into a bookmobile, or I'm going to buy one outright. I'm just it's a great time to buy a used car right now. <laughs> that's my sarcasm voice. Yeah. So we're it's back. And We're it's back. been a minute. Uh, the last episode was The Stranger, uh, which did not feature The Stranger at all. Uh, yes. This episode kind of features The Stranger. Um, Briefly. And we're going to talk about it. 
Yeah, let's talk about it. So here's the basic plot. In Storybrooke, the stranger's life hangs by a thread as blood slowly fills his lungs after his car accident. Dr. Whale's surgical knowledge is all that's standing in the way of him drowning in his own blood. Unfortunately for the stranger, Dr. Whale has been drinking heavily as he relives the biggest failure of his past. Once upon a time, in the land without color, there were two brothers. One, the younger, a successful military man honored and loved by his father. The other, a brilliant scientist just on the precipice of his greatest scientific breakthrough in his quest to bring life back from death, a goal his father considered a waste of time, energy, and his own financial resources. With his father's money revoked and the military commission in his future, Victor von Frankenstein found himself out of optimism until a gold man appeared to financially back his work. Ruffelstiltskin provided a mountain of gold to help him bring life back from the dead, and Victor got to work and attempted to dig up a fresh corpse. Unfortunately, his brother, sweet, sweet Gerhardt, showed up at exactly the wrong time, and they were both found by the cemetery guard, and in their escape, Gerhardt was mortally wounded. Victor, racked with guilt, used his methods to bring Gerhardt back from the dead, but the ordinary hearts of his world weren't strong enough to withstand the procedure. His father discovered what happened and immediately disowned his remaining son. Soon, Rumpelstiltskin arrived to check on Victor's progress. When Victor told him that hearts were the cause of the procedure's failure, Rumpel concocted the plan to con Regina for a magical heart which we saw previously in another episode. After the successful con, Victor was able to resurrect Gerhardt, but he was different. At first overjoyed, their father praised Victor for the miracle, but things swiftly went south, and their father's anger fueled Gerhardt's monstrous rage, which resulted in him beating the patriarch to death. Gerhardt was aware of his own change and wished for death himself, but Victor couldn't bring... Ah, sorry. Gerhardt was aware of his own change and wished for death, but Victor couldn't bring himself to provide it. He promised he'd fix him and locked Gerhardt away. Back in Storybrooke, the townsfolk argue over the fate of the newcomer. Should they save him or let him succumb to his wounds? While letting him die would save them from having to cover up the magic he probably saw being used, it could also lead curious family members to their town. And also, it'd be a bad thing to do, so they agree to save him first and worry about the rest later. Unfortunately, they can't find Dr. Whale. Ruby tracks him down... Ruby tracks down the depressed doctor and saves him from jumping to his death. She convinces him to see their curse in this new land as a second chance, a new opportunity to let the Frankenstein name stand for life instead of death, with the first step being the one that saves the stranger in the hospital and the surgery is successful. Emma carefully questions the stranger, Greg, to evaluate what he might have seen before the crash. Greg admits that he only saw Hook just before impact because he'd been texting and driving, which is very illegal in Maine. Relieved, Emma lets him off with a warning. Meanwhile, Belle does not remember anything. Even true love's kiss won't bring her memories back, and Mr. Gold does not handle it well. Back at the shop, Mr. Gold is confronted by Cora, who only wants to help them both get their children back. Sure, Jan. She gives him a magical globe that will help him find Bay in return for a truce between them. 
Cora then gas keep girl light gate bosses her way into <laughs> Regina's hiding place after disguising herself as Henry. Then she manipulates her into listening to an obviously manipulative apology for framing her for murder, which Regina calls out as a ploy to break her down so she could swoop in and pick up the pieces. Regina decides to turn her over to the goodies to not only clear her name, but to show Henry how well she's doing at trying to be a good person. Cora agrees, but then uses Henry's former childhood affections for his one and only mommy to manipulate Regina into working with her to get her son back and get rid of the good guys. Having basically stabbed Regina in her weakest point, it works without any real effort, of course. In a quiet moment alone in the hospital, Greg the Stranger calls someone and begins to tell her everything he's seen. Ooh. Oh, snap. I... I love that early, definitely not an iPhone, by the way. <laughs> uh, I want to, I have a, a one little quick note to point out there. They spent a lot of the episode trying to hack into his phone with some comedy. Um, his phone rings a few times and it's from her. His, his ringtone is um, the Star Wars theme. Mm-hmm. which was a fun little nod to the fact that Disney had just acquired Star Wars in October of 2012, and this episode came out in January 2013. Huh. <laughs> huh. Yep. Uh, I remember watching that one and going, oh, that's right. They can use that now without getting sued. I'm sure it still costs them licensing money, especially because later in the episode, the phone has been put on silent. Uh, like I wrote that in my notes. I was like, I think we only had the licensing to play that song once, but it also would have been really annoying to hear like this tinny phone speaker playing the Star Wars theme, like throughout every scene in the hospital. It was, it was just enough to be noticeable. And I like that. So I, I want to make a note um, just to my, my leftist friends. You know how they can't get into his phone because it doesn't have any biometrics. They have to actually, you know, put in a passcode. Um, that's a fun thing to note. If you are going to have to bring a phone to like a protest event of some kind, um, the cops cannot force you to put in your pin, but they can force you to use biometrics. So uh, disable any biometrics on your phone, period. Or better yet, leave it at home if you're protesting something like, say, uh, your basic right to decide whether or not you want to carry a child uh, is, is happening. I don't know. Just just throwing that out there. Any protest, really. Any. Yeah. All. Any 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 and all protests. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just 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 a uh, pro tip from your, your favorite leftist aunt. Yay. Um, so this episode made me really mad at a lot of the townsfolk. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I mean, wow. First off, it's a car accident, and this pe- this guy absolutely, absolutely has a future lawsuit on his hands. Absolutely, mm-hmm. he he can sue. I mean, I, I guess he'd sue Hook, um, but he could also sue the town somehow. You can find a way, uh, even though he was in the wrong. You can still do that um, because that's car accidents for you i guess um i don't get any i'm just gonna say right now i do not in any way work in the legal profession do not take legal advice from me this is <laughs> i'm just saying that uh this this episode was a little like work <laughs> uh i it made me cringe I, a little bit in in work ways 
I loved the opener to this episode. I thought it was like really engaging and dynamic and such a great follow-up to last episode's long cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Is so, that where where did this one start? Because it's been a few days since I watched it. Uh, this one starts at the roadside, like straight oh, yeah. up, like chaos, chaos. Uh, the car. We are not sure if there's like what the condition is of the man in the car. We haven't even seen him. We've got Hook laying on the ground with broken ribs. Mm-hmm. We've got Bell being like, "What the hell? You're using magic." Um, We've got. I mean, we've got. We've got, we've got a WWBW, uh, WWBD. Oh no, it, it's W. What would Bell want? We've got a what uh, would Bell want moment uh, where where Charming get prize gold off of Hook using the what would Bell want argument. Uh, we've got one of the only good lines of the episode, which is um, "Murder isn't a great first impression." <laughs> Yeah. We have laughing at Hook's pain. We have laughing at Hook's pain. Uh-huh. Because uh, allowing allowing bad people to suffer is morally right apparently. Um Yeah. Yeah, that was that was certainly <laughs> something that was done in this episode. Yeah. Uh, Leave him, go check on the guy in the car. I'm like, "Well, he was just hit by a car. He was not in a metal box. Um maybe check on the guy who is possibly bleeding internally you're being hit by again it 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 gets worky uh being hit by a car is is a little more dangerous in general if you were you know if that's the impact you're going for uh the person outside of the car is in more danger yeah in this case the person inside the car got a lot worse got a lot a lot lot worse i guess it was the tree after the fact and that's yeah yeah maybe the airbag hit the sign the tree i don't know um Uh, Hmm. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Look, was... he got hit by a deer. That's all I know. Because uh, it was an Impala. Still funny. Um, opening the black and white uh, opener episode stinger was, oh, yeah. was pretty nice. The episode stinger, it, yeah, it was a golden, golden red rumple on a completely black and white background. And I think that they said in the notes that it's... Hold on. There was something in the notes about this. I have to scroll all the way down. Oh yeah, you uh, had some goofs and gaffs to to talk about with this episode. This, this one is was... the the first title card to feature a fully colored subject. Oh, oh yeah, because every other one is like in blues and purples and whites. Mm-hmm. It's like silhouette um, with yeah. like a little bit of subtle lighting. And this one, because they wanted to emphasize uh, Rumpelstiltskin going to the land without color, they have him fully colored. I, I just put gold Rumpel on black and white background. And and like so, this is the land without color. Proper noun, the yes. land. Yeah, okay. That's okay. its name. That's the name of the land. Because we will we will have more stuff with the land without color much later in the series, if I recall. Correct? Or yeah. is it? Oh, yeah. um, well, uh, Wonderland at some point. It, some of um, We're going to get to Wonderland at some point. So we're going to see a little bit of black and whiteness with Dorothy. God, I hope that that is better edited. <laughs> I just shrugged. Just gave a shrug. I I Uh, mean, the last time I binge watched all these episodes, I was uh, sleep deprived and uh, full of full of brand new postpartum anxiety. So I don't remember a whole lot. That's when my notes start. Is when we're in the black and white world, the the land without color. Mm -hmm. I I I don't I don't like the effect. It doesn't look well done. So instead of just 
using like just because you can flip switch black and white, right? Instead, yeah. they turned down all the colors because they didn't want it to look completely black and white. So you can sort of see a tinge of skin tone um, on some of the things, which I mean is a neat effect, but it also makes everything very blue. Yeah. Well, and, that's what I was going to say. They put this blue filter on everything yeah. to kind of really make gold pop. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I noted that they uh, instead, he, he moves around a lot. Generally, he's very physical. So for all of his scenes now, like, they have him like um, gold. Um, <laughs> Rumpel is normally very physical in his scenes. Mm-hmm. And he's got these big grand gestures. And instead they put him in this very large red overcoat. To keep him from moving. To keep him from moving. And they have his hands like inside the boundaries of his coat. And he's usually like sitting down. And it's just, it's it's not as obvious unless you know like, a little bit about production, but it's it's very annoying. <laughs> and it's 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 a it's a cheat. Yeah. And, um yeah. It's, it's it's effectiveness is middling. And they also um I think and this is just something I came up with off the top, so please correct me. It also felt like they were trying to do those those tight shots from like the old movies where this person is talking, so let's give them a tight close up on their face. Yes. Um, and so they had to bring his movements down for that or else he'd be out of the shot most of the time. Um, I, my issue is um, twofold. So one, this is, this is filmed digitally and <laughs> that's fine. You know, uh, that era of digital photography was still new. So the production is rough at parts, but the, when you are recording something digital, that's in color and you want it to become black and white, you need to pick colors that are going to pop. If that makes sense. Uh, the, colors, red was, the red was a good call. You need multiple tones. Ah, I yes. should say in the areas that are going to be black and white. Otherwise everything just looks kind of murky, which is why the monster set was like pink. Exactly. And so like, if you're doing monsters or Adam's family, I did this last time too. uh, Both actually. And early doctor who you, when you record in black and white, initially you use a lot of color Mm -hmm. because you're going to get a variation in tone Mm -hmm. when you're desaturating everything. It's even more important (laughs) that you have different tones of color in, in WandaVision. They, instead of painting, um, what's his face red for the black and white scenes. They painted him blue. Yes. Yeah. Because they're going to put a blue filter over everything, which makes him look pale. Um, But anyone with a natural skin tone actually look darker. So it balances out and it Mm -hmm. it makes these different effects. It's so, it's hard to explain to someone that like, I'm not good at explaining things, but it's so aggravating Mm -hmm. to watch this, gray bland washed out crappy looking set for the black and white effect. It looks like garbage. And I can tell that this set is well detailed It is a nice set, but because everything is tonally the same, whether it's red or green or blue or whatever color, it just looks flat. And so for that digital effect, it really would have been nice if they had had some tones built in so that the set has dimension. I guess. Sorry. It looks so bad to me. There were some effects that were well done, uh, like gold pouring 
when gold dumps out his bag of coins and they have the coins desaturated. So they're going to be gray, but then the CGI coins are gold and they hide the transition from regular coins falling to the CGI coins appearing within a lightning flash. That was a good effect. Like I noted that I was like, that was really well done. And the coins like spreading out in this golden pool on the floor looks great. I just wish that that level of detail was put into the rest because <laughs> this it's like so clear like all we spent so much the, time there the makeup is not designed for things to be decolorized well, that's probably the other reason they left a little hint of the the skin tone in was when they went full black and white it probably didn't look diverse enough <clears throat> victor's eyeshadow with no liner looks so bad because <laughs> it's not it's not blended it's not very uniform it's very clear that they just kind of like put some stuff around his eyes to darken it and make him look a little bit more. But it there's just, no there's no eyeshadow for this desaturated or eyeliner for this desaturated stuff. So his eyes just are kind of fuzzy. And that's that it's even worse for Gerhardt's makeup, which is so inconsistent. At least wet a wet a small angled brush and use it as a liner if you don't want a hard liner. Yeah. You don't want a hard line. You wet the little angled brush and you, you you dip that in the powder and you use that. And that's how you can get a, a soft but more defined line with uh, powder. I'm sure that <laughs> professional makeup artists know this. So I'm preaching to all sorts of professional choirs and I myself am a novice. So don't listen to me. A Gerhardt's makeup as as a horror aficionado looked particularly bad to me. Like it was so it was so dry. Why did they I have a question. So whenever he brings him back, obviously he had to like cut into his chest. Why is he all stitched up on his hands? Why does he have stitches on his hands? Yes. What did you do? What did you do? Did he have to go and replace some vessels? Right? And his neck? What did you do to your brother? It looks like his face was sewn back on. It's so weird. It's so... Uh, mm, choices. <laughs> oh, choices. Sorry, Gerhardt. It, just, it bothered Gerhardt. me so much. It, All, it just... <sighs> like, like talking, about, talking about innocence always getting the worst deal in this show. Like, poor Gerhardt. And I gotta say, like, as bad as the effect looked conceptually it was really a cool idea having the land without color having rumpelstilt skin you know show up and be in color i thought Mm -hmm. was such a fun choice Mm -hmm. um it looked so cool i like his speech about how like the witchcraft in your world is middling and piddling and i'm like about how, how it's it's not respected and it's looked down upon in this land but in his land it's powerful and revered you know it's real magic and I like that that Victor keeps talking about this isn't magic, this is science. Yes. There's a little of both. Yeah. So speaking <laughs> of things I actually liked from a production standpoint, even though the material looked cheap on my screen, Victor's lab coat actually comes off pretty well on in the in that desaturated effect because it gives it some texture. I like it that. It gives lab it coat. some dimension. Yeah. I, I love like the cut of it. Mm-hmm. I love the cut of it. I love I like the huge the collar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a fan of his coat. And it's one of those things where you see him and you're like, oh, I know who that is. I know who he's supposed to be. Even if they hadn't told us, you yes. know who he's supposed to be. Um, just would have liked it to have some like large gloves over the coat. 
uh, oh. would have been a nice effect. With like, yeah, with like the, yeah. the large cuffs. Yes. And would have been period appropriate. Yes. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think period be, being period appropriate is ever a concern on this show because there's no it's, specific. It's period. all stories. Yeah. You don't have to be yeah. quite so period appropriate when you're talking fantasy. But so I, would have, nice. I would have liked a glove, you know, oh. because I like a glove. If, especially if he's like digging in a chest. Yeah. Gloves yeah. would be appropriate. Yeah. Uh, and then we could have some more of that juicy. Uh, maybe that's why they didn't do it. I was like, you could have had a light color glove. You know, you would use like a a, a light pale blue. And then you mm-hmm. put some red blood on that. And then some when gore. you go into black and white and you use your, your mixed channels, that's mm-hmm. kind of how you do black and white with digital. You have a red, blue, and green mm-hmm. channel to mix. Yeah. Um, they could have used just a blue channel which would have made the blood the blood so like black and dark and it would have looked great and popped instead mm-hmm. of being washed out like all the blood was in this episode <laughs> so I, it bothers me so, so much upset. it bothers You're me so, so much ah <laughs> uh, it looked like hot garbage well, well mads that's because both magic and science come with a price and sometimes <laughs> that price is saturation <laughs> the price is badly desaturated oh <laughs> uh, uh, should we should we are we are we do we have much more to talk? I know I'm kind of focusing in on the the past. I mean, it gets, it gets dark. I mean, Gerhardt, yeah. like Gerhardt leaning into the, like whenever he comes to, um, what is it? What's the name of, the, of Mice and Men? Whenever he comes to Mice and Men, his brother. Um, <laughs> but he can't do it. And then Gerhardt like leans into the gun, like begging for him to do it. That's freaking dark. Yeah. It's it distracted me from how bad that prop gun was. Like uh, it was dark as hell. It was like that that scene was uncomfortable. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. So good job yeah. to both of them. Um, and then him not being able to do it in the end, which, uh, like, if he had been less willing to die, would it have been easier for him to do it? And I don't know how. I mean, he loves how his to brother. feel about that. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about any of that. Um, he loves his brother and he did this to him and he wants to fix it. Um, and we've heard him in the past asking about where his brother is. And we don't know if his brother came over and we still don't know if his brother came over or got left behind without him. In which yeah. case uh, he has died in a tower somewhere in the last 28 years. I think I also reacted really strongly to this episode because Frankenstein is probably one of my top five favorite books ever written mm-hmm. is one of my all-time favorite novels, favorite stories. I love it. I, I it's something that clicked with me as a kid. It's such a good horror story. It's such a good sci-fi story. It's about the hubris of mankind. And so I, I love to look at different iterations of that story. And mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the, 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 the concept of Victor, pushing to bring someone back from the dead because it's his brother. Yeah. Someone he cared for. Um, I love that. That change to the mythos. Yeah. The execution of that. Not so much. Um, Like I said, the very ending detail of why he didn't release him into the sweet embrace of death at the end. um, That's hard. Yeah. And, and the change of normally Victor rejects the monster, you know, as mm-hmm. soon as it's created and doesn't name it. So the the monster being his brother, being Gerhardt, and instead of being horrified and repulsed by Gerhardt, 
loving him and trying to save him and being patient with him. Oh, and such allowing- a good change. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, allowing him to uh, kill his father. Allowing him to kill their father. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. um, it, of the, the fastest, the fastest anyone's ever been beaten to death um, on screen, which, you know, fair. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, uh, we don't want to see that. I found myself um, uncomfortably conflicted about something mm-hmm. in this in this background. Um, and it's the dad's reaction to everything. First off, I want to point out everything he did was an overreaction. He is not a good dad. I want uh, yeah, to point those out. I'm going to say that I'm going to say those at the top whenever. So whenever I get to the part where I feel bad that I'm like, eh, uh, People won't say, oh, she thinks he's a good father because I do not. He's a bad father. He's not a good father. But do I think that he was wrong to cut his son off from his own finances whenever they were failing and he was just losing money over and over and not looking for another benefactor? Eh? Yeah. Um, He was wrong. The way he went about it was wrong. Uh, it was without warning and he bought him a military commission and was, it was like, I'm cutting you off. Go make your own money and possibly die being a uh, a military soldier's doctor. Bye. Your brother's in the military, so it's good for you too. Uh, and I found myself really conflicted by that. <laughs> I, uh, I agree. It was it was just deeply bothersome. I, I think that it was probably for the best that they did cut some of the plans for the story. Like apparently there was um, there was a plan to have uh, more references to their their mother who had passed away. Yeah, um, and maybe even a, a, a love interest or wife for Gerhardt. I'm kind of glad that they cut that. Yeah. So they could it focus in on much. the story of the two brothers and, and the father. And I, I think that this is a story that, you know, we see fairly often that the eldest brother is meant to be the one who inherits the family legacy, but doesn't jive with it. And so the father's disappointed him and wants the younger brother instead. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting story. Yeah. I just wish we had seen more of that dynamic instead of just having the father be a huge jerk. Yeah. We just saw him being a huge jerk. Just he had an obvious favorite and that's never good. Uh, Again, bad father with an obvious favorite and not even like attempting to be like, hey, son, let's talk about why I'm doing this. Um, He was just like, you're a huge disappointment. So I'm cutting you off and sending you to possibly die in the field. Yeah, like that's that's like the opener. Like we don't ever we don't see why. The, why Victor is disappointing to this father, which would give mm-hmm. us an understanding of Victor's character and would give us an idea of like what the values the father has that mm-hmm. would make his reactions feel grounded in some way and interesting instead of just, well, his job is to be a mean dude. It, it's like the one time they didn't give us enough exposition. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, I do want to say that Gerhardt, Gerhardt is such a good brother. Like he immediately stands up for his older brother's case. He's like, don't you understand? He's on the precipice of like a scientific breakthrough. You can't cut him off. Now his work is so important to humanity. Like he's such a good brother though. Again, should probably have a talk with his brother about, okay, how's it going? How's this actually, is this happening? Is it not happening? Right. And, it's all or nothing on both sides. 
And uh, okay, I get, I get that there's only so much time we have in an episode, but my, what's Victor's motivation for for bringing someone back from the dead? What's his motivation for this as a thing? You know, normally it's it's normally like he wants to to reach the next level of humanity, or he wants to improve the lives of everyone. The, the mentality of Victor is a key part of the story. You know, is he completely insane? You know, is he mad or is he optimistic but going about it the wrong way? Or, you know, what is, why, why, why does he want to bring, why does he want to bring people back from the dead specifically? Yeah. And, you know, maybe that is part of the cut storyline about the mom having passed away when he went to med school. Yeah. You know, I don't want another person to deal with the loss that we went through when mom died. Save Just people before their time. Yeah. One, two lines mm-hmm. to give yeah. this a point. And we didn't get it. We didn't. Yeah. He just wants to do it um, for humanity. And that's it. I mean, for some people, that might be enough of a reason. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm a misanthrope. I hate people. Give me a more grounded one. Give me a, yeah. make it more personal, I should say, and mm-hmm. make it more personal because this is a drama. Yeah, this is a this is a very personal show. This is a this is a this is a, a close knit drama. We it's, need personal reasons. It's hard to make a it's hard to make a complicated, detailed story in forty something minutes yeah. um, for a serial TV show for a general generalized audience. I recognize that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So. I mean, we, we knew that there was, a, there was a whole scene where we tricked Regina that, you know, had to happen in a different episode so that we would. <laughs> yes. Good tieback. Look at that. Um, uh, was he, he was reluctant to bring her, her fiance back, right? I just want to go back to that because it's been a while. He was reluctant yes. because he knew that this was the result. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why does Gerhardt run like a gorilla? once Um, he's turned why does he move like a gorilla uh bad coordination you know lumbers yeah those those nerve endings died and they don't just like come back and are operating at 100 percent, just flat out he just reverted to to primitive monkey brain Mm -hmm. which is sad very sad that whole story sad it's supposed to be sad this is why whale drinks this is why whale drinks. This Speaking of whale drinking, let's go to the <laughs> hospital. I think I'm ready to talk about that. I, think- I, I enjoyed the chaos of a good old-fashioned hospital drama at the beginning when they're rolling everyone in. I enjoy how significant um, Snow White's wings on her eyeliner are <laughs> in the first scene and how much they pull it back the second they have a scene change. Oh, well, eyeliner just rubs off. You know how that is. Yeah. She, when they're in the lobby, she has these really major cat's eye wings. And I'm like, damn, these look cute. And then they're immediately gone when they go to speak in private. And I'm it like, is, that's probably for the best. It's not it really her style. It is so hard to get your wings to look right on your face. Like they both belong to the same person at the same time. <laughs> so I get it. I can excuse that. Um, you know, you start off trying to do just a little wing and the next thing you know, you're Adele. I get it. I, I actually thought it was better to take the wings off for yeah. her, or tone them down because it, it just doesn't fit her, her character. You know, she normally does mm-hmm. have much softer makeup. So <laughs> I, I just love a snow. She's like the the voice of sweetness and reason, and I identify with that. Um, 
Uh, even when she's saying things like, it's not weird, we're past it, we were cursed. Having to remind people. <laughs> oh, sorry, I have one more note about the olden tiny oh, days. go for it. Uh, Victor's hair looks like crap because that actor doesn't have <laughs> enough hair to do the style they want. So either find a, another style or get a wig. Yeah. Find another style or get a wig. I know you all have a ton of crappy wigs. I've seen them. Find another style or get a wig. It's <laughs> it looks it looks particularly bad. That's fair. That's a okay. fair assessment. All right. Anywho, yeah, back to the hospital. Okay. Uh, my husband raised an interesting question. Uh, speaking of the people who are admitted to the hospital, um, if Belle's bullet wound was cured magically, why is she hooked up to machines in a hospital? Is it just for her memory loss? Uh, it's for her traumatic memory loss. Okay. Um, also, we saw what happens when people attempt true love's kiss in real life, which is a fun little refreshing uh, moment. <gasps> her reacting as if she's been assaulted. Yes. <laughs> By a stranger. Because this I dude's a stranger. I, I also think uh, true love's kiss didn't work because it's not true love. Whoop, snap. Mm. Uh, straight up. I don't think it's Agreed. true love. Agreed. Uh, they're infatuated I, with each other. They're infatuated um, with each other. And the, no, I'm going to stop that. They're infatuated with the ideas of each other. They're infatuated with the idea of one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Well, Bell is infatuated with the idea of fixing Rumple and bringing yeah. the goodness out of him. Mm-hmm. And Rumple uh, just sees her as an object, something else to own, something uh, else she, to own, something to collect. I mean, it's not true it, love. Sorry, it's not true love. And no, she she. It hurts because she doesn't, she obviously, she thinks she loves him. She thinks she loves him for who he is, but she doesn't. She loves him for who she knows he can be, which is not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she loves the potential of him, which is just as toxic. They're a bad couple. They're mm, a bad they're match. Not, they're not a good pairing. Uh, Luckily, um, they're going to drop that and we're not going to be stuck with ever. seasons, seasons never, of it. Ever uh, want to see it ever again? Oh man, I, I, my, I have some apologies to people who consider this to be their OTP, but at the same time, it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> um, if you consider us wrong, uh, leave, leave a, leave a, leave a comment on Twitter, share it. You know, like, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll take that, um, we'll take those outrage clicks. Come on, <laughs> fight me. <laughs> Fight Mads. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> yeah, fight, fight me. Um, um, I, I, uh, I wrote uh, Hook uh, is being very gross. I don't know. I just did not enjoy. Because um, you know, t- it, I'll, 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 um, I'll eat ten milligrams of CBD Delta Nine Pop Rocks and fight you at three in the morning on Twitter like a normal, <laughs> sane, well-adjusted person in their thirties. Uh, I. I uh, was also uncomfortable with, I was uncomfortable with, you know, I mean, I get coming from the land of magic, as he does, I understand why he tried True Love's Kiss to wake her up and bring her memories back. I understand why he did it. Um, It didn't work because this isn't the bell he knows. This is Cursed Bell. She's not in there. Uh, I also, so he went from that assault to then like psychologically, if she does, because she doesn't know what's going on, it came off as a psychological assault of him. Like, just look at the cup. Here, hold this cup, stranger. Just look at this cup. It's you're the magic. wrong. 
you're the wrong person and I need you to stare at this cup so the right person can come back. Even when she says no repeatedly, she's uncomfortable. She doesn't know who he is. This is weird. Please go away. And then she breaks the cup and we're supposed to feel bad about that. No. Um, and I don't because she's right. This is a stranger trying to force her to do something she's uncomfortable with doing while she's in a hospital. She's already traumatized and confused. Leave her alone. At this point, I, I got to wonder, because it's not the first time he's um, made an issue for her in the hospital. At this at this point, for this scene, I'm kind of wondering, like, where the orderlies are and how, how he got is back he allowed? in. Yes. How was he allowed to be back in there? And why did she agree to see him? Because she, whenever he walks in, she's not like, what the hell are you doing here? Get out. Yeah. Um, I guess that when everyone gets their, you know, uh, nursing degrees and med-, med school degrees, which apparently there's only one person who can do surgery in this entire hospital, yeah. um, which is concerning, but believable for a town this size. Yeah. Well, also the curse is broken and he's the only one who has retained his, uh, imaginary, not his magical, um, his magical, magical med school, med degree. school degree. Um, I, there is a joke. There is a joke later where. Prince Charming has some beautiful moments where you can tell he's been awake the least amount of time and has had less time to adapt to how their the cursed world worked. Um, where he's like, "Well, maybe Doc can do it," and whenever they can't find Will and Grumpy laughs, he's like, yeah, "Surgery." <laughs> he sees Charming as serious, and he's like, "No, no, oh, no." <laughs> Doc Doc got his degree from a pickaxe. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even that's not even magical curse knowledge that's pre-magical curse knowledge doc yeah, is a that's, nickname that's a nickname doc can tell you what can get rid of a headache he's not gonna do lung surgery doc is like well actually um my my, my degree is in literary analysis and that's why they never let me around um <laughs> because was- i start to point out the gaps <laughs> There was another beautiful Prince Charming as a grandpa moment uh, where they're mm-hmm. trying to get into the phone and he's like, someone needs to hack it here. Grumpy, you do it <laughs> with your pickaxe, hack into the phone. And it's just this hilarious grandpa moment for me. Where, again, he doesn't know Dave, <laughs> the Dave, technology. The, David Nolan, the 29 year old boomer. I love him. His job in this show from this point forward is basically to ask the question for the audience. Can't Doc do this? Can't we hack the phone? (laughs) We can't hack the phone, but not with Grumpy's pickaxe. You need Emma for that because Emma had a thing, a dongle in her pocket. Mm -hmm. Also, does, does the phone just say her? Yeah. How do we feel about labeling someone in your phone her? If, if I were to label anyone in my phone, her or you know like yeah her Mm -hmm. it would not be someone i care for very much right it would not be someone i like (laughs) like (laughs) same thing with like him like him would be like you know what i mean it's like mm, that would be the the note so i can look at it and go i don't that's that him right now i don't want to i don't give a crap yeah it's mm. him <laughs> it would be why is why is that guy calling no <laughs> Um, Leave a message so I can laugh at it later. Uh, that's okay. People who people people who don't mutually like me don't call me. It's fine. Uh, I haven't eaten today, and it's four oh, in the snap. afternoon, so I can't remember if we talked about this before we started recording or on the recording. The Star Wars music. We talked about. We that talked already, about right? that on the recording. Okay, that was the first thing. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Good. I thought so. You should eat something. 
I, I will after this. Um, <laughs> I do think we need to talk about something really important. What's up? Which is when Captain Hook is lying in the bed and he's flirting really hardcore. Oh God, it was so gross. And it's it's gross, but also he's so pathetic that it kind of works for me. <laughs> it takes all kinds. <laughs> um, but I thought it was important that they noted, um, I liked Emma's line, you have all sorts of sore places I can make you hurt. I don't know. I think she's flirting back. As, <laughs> he looks so uncomfortable. Uh, as an as someone who got accused of flirting a lot growing up when I wasn't flirting, uh, sometimes that's just the personality of a person. Like I, I got accused of being a huge flirt to people that I was just trying not to seem awkward around. Mm, that's um, fair. Uh, I'm also on the ace spectrum, so I didn't recognize a lot of flirting. <laughs> I did uh, a whole, I wrote my longest paper in college about uh, accidental flirting. So I, um, it's, a, I, it's something I studied. I just assume that everyone is attracted to me. So I just yeah. interpret most things as flirting. Um, but I also noted the line, um, Captain Hook, everything else is still intact. Ooh. Which is confirmation that Captain Hook has a foreskin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, okay. uh, that's not where I thought that was going, but okay. Captain, Captain Hook, uh, I mean, uncircumcised, it would, confirmed. It would make sense. He's not Jewish. He's not Jewish. He's, you know, it he wasn't born twist. in America. He's he wasn't born in America, and he's not Jewish. It's a twist because he was in the British Navy, and oh. for hygiene reasons, he may have been. But oh. Captain Hook, foreskin confirmed. Um, the other gross thing that he said was he was looking for his hook, uh, but he would take another attachment if she was more interested in that. Uh, because Captain Hook, uh, Captain Hook's foreskin is on his strap because Captain Hook is also a trans man. Fair. No, no, I'm not going to actually know, like, <laughs> correction. Uh, villain, villain characters, I'm not going to say are trans. Um, everyone, uh, everyone, like Ruby, Ruby is definitely a trans girl. Um, good for her. Love that she's for her. So pretty. She's so pretty and tall. Yeah. So pretty and tall. She's a queen. <laughs> I, I love her in this episode. Okay. Uh, she, she has a very good and uplifting speech to, uh, first off, werewolves have super speed. Werewolves have superpowers, super speed and super strength. Yeah, super speed and super strength. The strength makes sense to me because, you know, a wolf can crush you with their jaws. Um, yeah. But I didn't know about the super speed. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a surprising one for me. Uh, Will we see that again? I don't know. Stay tuned. Um, I did enjoy her pep talk that she gave Dr. Whale about how... Um, the curse wasn't really a curse for some of them because it allowed them to forget certain things in their past. And she points out, I ate my boyfriend. Yeah, I, I read that really, line. <laughs> I was really comfortable in the knowledge not remembering that. Um, yeah. But how this was like a second chance at life for them to rewrite their own stories. Uh, yeah. Start fresh. I, I enjoyed her pep talk with Whale. And I see how they possibly wanted to do a romantic uh, arc with those two. Which they can, left out. Yeah, we didn't talk I, about that on the podcast. 
Okay, yeah. Um, so that is a thing that they had planned on a romance arc between the two of them, but Ruby will become a much less significant character because she leaves the show. The actress leaves the show to work on her own show. Uh, Which that... I should have Googled. I should have Googled that show. Yeah, I don't know much about it. I'll have to look it up between the episodes. Because, um, yeah, I, I was wondering why. I, I clicked a new tab. I was wondering why Ruby was so much less of a character going forward. Cause I don't remember, I didn't remember her until this rewatch being such a major part of season two. Well, it, the reason she comes back is because it had one season and 13 episodes. Oof. So yeah. sad, but glad we get Ruby back. Also, we're going to get white haired whale pretty soon. Oh, because he uh, he's doing another show at the same time as well, uh, <laughs> iZombie, which is a good show. Dang it. I need to watch iZombie. I still need it's, to watch that. It's a hilariously dumb premise, but um, I think you, Elaine, as an improviser and as a character actress, um, will really enjoy it. Because like the central conceit of the show is that, you know, like, okay, zombie lady, she eats brains to like solve crimes, but she also takes <laughs> on the personality and character character mannerisms of the people whose brains she eats. I mean, that's they did that in the one of the movies, right? I there think was a movie, so. yeah, where you got the people's memories and and mannerisms. Yeah. It's so yes. good. It's it's played for comedy and Rahu Kohli is in it and it's just watch it. Watch watch yes. that show. This is now an iZombie fan cast. <laughs> I haven't watched it, so this will be fun. Uh so Emma's very rude this whole episode because she is at her limit. So I don't really, I'm not sure I blame Emma for being as rude as she is to everybody. I didn't like how rude she was to Whale um, before realizing he was drunk. Um, but she's like, you can tell that this woman is like, as as the only elected official uh, currently in this town, because Prince Charming was acting sheriff, but he's not actually an elected official in the town he was i mean he's their royalty from the other land so i guess that counts but she's at her wit's end as like the sole authority figure for this whole debacle she could deputize him um though it is a question of whether or not that is ethical because yeah because i mean he's literally her father but then again She's known him for about four days in the yeah. context of the story as her father. Yeah, so, and, they're, and they're a royal family. Nepotism's the name of the game. Yeah, 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 literally. These people are fine with nepotism. <laughs> uh, it's not nepotism when uh, it's the divine right of God. That's, they're not, they're, these magical people aren't religious other than magic, though. Well, I mean, like that's the that's the thing about Secular the monarchy nuns. is like the the monarch is the monarch because that family yeah. line was chosen by a god of some I kind. I mean, so I like, know that you know yeah. that, but in the magical world, that's just how it. That's just how it is. Um, I mean, they are religious. There are nuns. They're secular nuns. We talked about this. Oh yeah, the secular nuns. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, God, so many people are just so okay with some dude just dr- slowly drowning in his own blood. And uh, everyone was okay with the drunk doctor operating. Well, they didn't realize he was drunk until Snow White pointed it out. I love that Snow White's the one who noticed how drunk he was. Snow White pointed it out, but then the rest of the episode is them still working to make sure he does the surgery. He's the only one in town, and the guy is actively dying. I get that. And also, he sobered up real quick. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
the gravity of trying to kill yourself and being saved by a werewolf uh, sobered him up pretty quick. Um, yeah. I like that he gets his confidence back. Uh, and when the surgery is successful, Snow White says, thank goodness. And he goes, or me. Yeah. I also don't like I enjoy that line. Um, suicide as a plot device in general no. and no. how quickly it's lampshaded and put to the side. I am going to um, note to future Mads, do put a content warning for suicide at the top of this episode, please. Thank Twice. you. Cause Twice. we talk about it. We talk about it in the, uh, in Gerhardt. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do that. Uh, but yeah, like this episode features suicide as a plot device multiple times. And that is uncomfortable and not addressed. It's just a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, oof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> something that maybe I should be more conscious of and sensitive to coming off of not being on my meds. Yeah, I'm glad you're on your meds again. I'm glad you're feeling I, better. I am feeling much better. Uh, speaking of things that make me irate and upset, um, I'm glad you're back on your meds. I've missed you a lot. Uh, hey. Let's get to the meat of our rant. Cora is in this episode. Cora's in this episode twice. Like in two in two scenes, and both of them make me angry. Uh, Girl, keep gas boss gate light. I have more to say about that, so let's jump to uh, her interaction with Mister Gold first. Every time Cora and Mister Gold are in a scene together, it's like this uncomfortable sexual tension. It's uh, this uncomfortable sexual tension that nobody asked for. It's so weird, and it's not because I don't. It's not because I have an issue with old people being horny. No, no, because like, they're at both it. attractive. They're both attractive folks. They're both attractive older. They're both folks. very attractive folks. But it's uh, their chemistry is just so grody. Their chemistry is it's just like the absolute worst vibes. It's the absolute they, worst vibes imaginable. They act well together, but romantically it's grody. And that whole scene in the shop, it's Ugh. it's like whenever you have that one friend who just doesn't stop making uh euphemisms. And like it's funny whenever you like get along with that person, but when you've got like trauma and bad blood with someone and they just keep making it dirty, it gets it gets Ugh. bad, and that's what it felt like with this whole scene. And later on, um, let's see, we are, let's see, uh, one, two, three, in, in four, four episodes from now, we will be watching The Miller's Daughter, which is oh. Cora's backstory. Um, and I'm just going to spoil a little bit of that just Do outright it. to say that Rumpelstiltskin taught Cora magic. And we knew she that a little that. bit she before. She says that in this episode, too. Yeah. So this is a teacher-student relationship, and that is extra grody. It's extra grody. <laughs> it's ex- it's extra yucky. Um, and do they stop here? No, they bring it back later. <sighs> Not just with this pairing. <laughs> it's it's one of this is this series loves to point out how sexy power is because. Anytime Rumpelstiltskin is in a scene, almost anytime Rumpelstiltskin is in a one-on-one scene with a woman, that woman is trying to get into his powerful pants. Oh, oh, when we get to Lacey, that is, that's when it's going to get, that's episode 19 of this season. Mm-hmm. That's a few episodes after that. It's six from now. Um, I, I'm thinking well, I, future. I'm thoughts. I'm going to have thoughts. I'm thinking uh, a couple seasons ahead, too. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, but yes. Yeah. Like, I get it. According to people who <laughs> are attracted to things, um, power is sexy. 
and, the, uh, the specific power imbalances played yeah. as sexy on this show is such a such a gross such a gross gross yeah. gross grossness yeah and uh she wants to seal their truce with a kiss which is the one of the, one of the most uncomfortable kisses by Mr. Gold in this whole series uh it's 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 this it, um... It's not the most uncomfortable kiss on this show. It's not the most uncomfortable kiss in this episode. But the bar for that was at the core of the earth. Cora <laughs> the earth. Cora the earth. Cora <laughs> the earth. That's my new drag name. Welcome to the stage. Cora <laughs> the earth. <laughs> oh, okay. I gotta write that one down. Cora the earth. Anywho. It's yeah. just gross. It's gross. It's just gross. I, wrote, I just wrote that for the whole gold and Cora scene, the, the entire scene, every time they would just exchange something and someone would make it dirty or sexual, either me or my husband would just go gross the whole time. Every, <sighs> every minute someone was saying gross. <sighs> I didn't like the scene. Um, I didn't think it brought a whole lot to the table, but it did give the plot device of the globe that tells gold where bay is and basically he's in the northeast wow <laughs> great awesome he's, he's somewhere on the eastern seaboard cool that narrows it down yeah and then i'm gonna jump to uh cora breaking and entering magically breaking and entering into the house to steal something of baby henry's that says mommy on it and then mm. flat out lying to her daughter about mm. i wasn't in your house I, mm, how obviously manipulative she is. And even I mean, when Regina calls it out, like you're being manipulative right now, this whole thing was so that you could swoop in and be the hero and pick up the pieces. She calls she, it out. She she recognizes it. She straight up calls it out in her underground bunker, uh, which is so tastefully decorated for the mm -hmm. era. Um, <laughs> the, I loved it. The black and white. I love the big white tree with the apples on it in the middle. I love that she has some of her 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 greatest hits queen dresses just like <laughs> around on mannequins. Legitimately, honestly, queen shit. Like I love it. Yeah. Um. That's her. I love me hole. Ooh, wait. I, ooh. <laughs> Phrasing. Oh God. What did I just? I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, I'm just gonna, <laughs> just gonna drop that. I I I uh I respect <laughs> this. Like again, you know, I'm a I'm a Lana Stana, and uh, I love it. I love no, it. It's yeah. Don't uh, love Cora taking the form of Henry to manipulate Regina. Oh, hate do all love of that. Regina calling it out immediately. Mm -hmm. Do hate Regina immediately falling for it anyway when she just tries a second time. Five minutes later. Five minutes, like driving to do the right thing and her mom's like oh well it'd be a shame if my earlier gaslighting came back into play right now and worked and she's like no it wouldn't and it oh, just this is, immediately works this is bothering me she pulls out the uh the the, the, the thing that she obviously stole from henry's room <sighs> mads is staring off into space with wide eyes all around me are familiar places. <laughs> um, um, I did like when when uh, 
uh, Cora says that they see Regina as a snake. Uh, when was Taylor Swift called a snake? Oh, much later. Oh, dang. I thought that was around the same time. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that was more recent. Um, this upset me for a lot of reasons because we have seen in the past few episodes, Regina actually doing well at helping and not being the evil queen and being a good person and making good steps towards it, um, for Henry's sake. And with two shakes of her mom's eyelashes, just like blink, blink, it's all gone. Just immediately gone. She was gaining trust from people and from Henry and he's not going to love her more if he gets rid of, if she gets rid of his other family. I think it's because, and I hate to use the villain phrasing, but love is Regina's weakness. Yes. Um, Or rather the, the lack of love that she has felt in her life is her weakness. I Um, I get that. that. I agree with it. It's just so hard to see a strong female character be taken down so easily in character you know i mean yeah it 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 hurts it makes me sad for her and it makes me when she's so strong and she's so set she's so set that she murdered her own father to enact this revenge against the one you know the wrong woman she enacted her revenge against the wrong woman and here's the real woman who actually killed her fiance and she, it's her mother, and I get it. That's complicated stuff. Yeah. That's parent drama is the most complicated stuff for some people, and I get that. Because at, at, at her core, Regina wants to be loved. At her core. I mean, at her core. At, at, at her core, she wants to be loved. Yes. And that was a big factor in her as the queen before she was the evil queen, mm-hmm. was people whispering in her ear well the people will never love you yeah the king will never love you the way he loved his first wife well you know who that person whispering most of the time was cora and so i like i said it just i wish i know that for drama's sake and to finish out the season they needed to make this change i get why they did it i just think it should have taken more than one episode to work yeah i i i think that there should have been there should have been some pushback. Yeah, there should have been more pushback than there was, especially when she straight up called out exactly what Cora did. Maybe even having a scene with Regina trying to go and tell the folks in the hospital about her mom being responsible for everything and and then pointing out, we already know. And they they didn't tell her yet. They didn't bother to tell her. They even said, oh, we should probably call Regina and tell her she didn't do it. And they but they can't find her. And but then suddenly there's a motivation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't look for me. You didn't tell me. You you know, you didn't. They, I mean, they had been looking for her, but they could have at least left her a voicemail. Yeah. You don't text. You Cor- don't call. Cora's back in town and you're not guilty of murder. <laughs> yeah. Could have told her that legitimately. And that would give that would give her turn some motivation. Just I agree and, and with again, that. it's a it's a fix that takes literally one line. Someone saying we called her and told her this, or we didn't call her and tell her this. Her they, pointing out the one line that they bother. said was, "Oh, we should we should probably call Regina." And they were like, "Well, we can't find her." Oh, and then because you know I get it, they're in a hospital. 
there are injured people. Someone is actively dying. It, it slipped through the cracks. Regina will still be innocent when all this is taken care of. But she won't know that. But Regina, things just getting blown by for Regina is a theme of this season. Mm-hmm. And it would be great to see that explored more, especially when that has very specifically been brought up multiple times. Like when everyone saves the day and should we invite Regina to the cookout? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I know. It just... It made me sad to see such a strong character so easily manipulated by the person, especially when she was expecting this manipulation. I I guess, was this the first she found out that Cora was in town? This was the first she found out Cora was in town. Um, But this was exactly why she didn't want Cora in town. So she should have been more prepared for it. It's just bad. It's bad I, all around. I was mad about that. This, the only good thing is this that is what, we'll be done with it very soon. Yeah, but then, yeah. Yeah, uh, thankfully it doesn't take too long. Uh, but then we're going to have another thing I'm going to harp on all the time. So you're welcome. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to have to make a super cut of every time, every time uh, that character kills somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a super cut of every time that character kills somebody up to this point that we've seen on the show so that when they're like, I can't believe I killed someone, I can be like, really? Really, <laughs> sis? Maybe she didn't actually kill them. She just, it was like uh, Pokemon kills. Yeah, like, yeah, yes, I did put a sword through a man, but he to healed. be fair, he healed or he was wearing a helmet. So, you know, he didn't count as a person. He was actually yeah. a, he was a footbot from the first season of I, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I just shot him in the knee. Prince Charming killed him. <laughs> I just flipped him off the side of a building. That doesn't mean he's dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially like with our medieval access to medicine. I mean, throw a couple leeches on that dude and that internal bleeding is mook. fine. He was a mook. It doesn't count doesn't count it only counts if a character whose names are in the credit whose name is in the credits the opening credits the opening opening credits credits. if your name isn't in the opening credits and you're killed you weren't killed that's like swatting a mosquito exactly um so uh all right greg 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 is the guy with the lungs Greg is the guy with the lungs. It's the second storyline focused around this guy who has almost no dialogue. And Emma very blatantly, like she's for someone whose job was to like lie to people and get them to, you know, come out and meet her in public. She's a bad liar. Yeah, she sucks. Um, And so she, she goes in and she's like, so did you see anything? Because I have a real good explanation for it if you did. And he's like, what? No, I was texting and driving. I didn't see anything except this dude in front of my car. And she's like, oh, cool. Cool, 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 cool. He's like, so am I going to get a ticket? She's like, nah. And nah, that is good. sus. Yep. This is law enforcement. That is suspicious. You should at least get a citation for that. <laughs> um. I was like, no, you know, you almost died. We're going to let you. I I mean, I guess I could see the, you almost died. You suffered quite a bit already. You've got enough bills to pay. So you've, you've sort of learned your, I could see that argument because he is white. Um, and, but she's just like, so like relieved. She's like, no, no, you're yeah, warning, you know, texting and driving is bad. Okay, bye. And then he, for a man who just had chest surgery, he very comfortably props himself up on one elbow, which um doesn't seem like it'd be that comfortable. 
Just yeah, saying. No. To, no. to covertly talk on the phone to say, hey, I did see something. So he's awfully cozy for a man who just had major lung surgery and almost died. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll, we'll have to talk about that more in, in future episodes because one, it'll be more relevant and two, uh, we are hitting, we're over an hour. So. Final question about the yes. surgery. Um, mm-hmm. If it was so dire and Rumpelstiltskin could have healed him, why didn't they call the Blue Fairy? So anyway, <laughs> um, because all the fairy dust is gone. Oh, they have to dig up more fairy dust? I don't know. I, I guess they have to know. dig up. They, I mean, I, no, that would make sense. They have to dig up more fairy dust because uh, Rumpelstiltskin used it all to waste it. He opened that portal and then Regina closed it. So he didn't waste it, but it was wasted. So yeah, those are my feelings about this episode. Uh, oh, uh, final thoughts leading into the next episode. I did like, um, we're past it. We were cursed. I I wrote, I I've said it like three times this episode. I love it. Um, It's it's not weird. We're past it. We were cursed. (laughs) I I do like that. At least somebody acknowledges that it's not just people from the book that could be in this town. Yes. Henry, Henry mentions that you know once they all figure out because no one you know she didn't know he was rumpled snow white finds out he was rumpled stiltskin in this episode because they were in the other land when that all that was found out i forgot about that point because it's been a while since we've recorded the podcast yeah. um but they weren't around when they found out oh you're frankenstein and yeah. henry's like well that may you know he brings up that there are other worlds i'm sure that'll come into play at some point. Oh, and gold rushes in and he's like, I, you know, she's like, I'm very tired. I would like to sleep. He's like, Nope, you have till noon. We're going to New York. That's it. Crashes a party. We're going so, to new Toronto, New York. <laughs> some it's of it, cheaper to film in Toronto. So we'll be filming in Toronto. We got some B roll. We got some B roll in New York. Let's go. <laughs> Toronto is the New York of a low budget. Ah, uh. Sorry, I it's like one of my favorite things is like if you if you have like any TV show that is recording in like New York or Boston or it's the city, um, nine times out of ten it's it's Toronto. It's easier to shut down that area of the town because like the population of Canada is like the population of Texas, and it's Lord, the city's just, it's just not as big. It's yeah, but it looks it looks it so, and again, it's just cheaper to film there. Um, uh, one of my saying, favorite films of all time and I say film not movie films of all time Xenon Girl of the 21st Century was largely filmed in Toronto <laughs> I mean Canada is great I've never yeah. been there but I would like to visit Canada I want to go back yeah. um, forever <laughs> oh, and, um, let's start a petition time. to just buy a big plot of land somewhere with seasons yeah, and just yes. move move our favorite family members and our closest friends there. And so we never have to live in this subtropic hellhole ever again. Oh, let's start a commune. I would do it at this rate. I used to think, oh, that sounds terrible. And now I'm like, hmm, someone else yeah. to cook. Yeah. Yeah. Big shared kitchen. Speaking of, I'm going to be doing a cabbage bowls. So I got to get to that. Oh, goodness. I'm doing some andouille sausage, some apples, some it's, cabbage. It's really hypocritical for me to talk about not having to cook every night when my husband does the cooking. <laughs> I make the lunches. Oh. I make the lunches. That's our trade-off. Um, um, I'm so trying to think if there's anything else Yeah. here. 
Um, I don't know what to rate this one. And I don't know how to feel about that. I don't think it was particularly bad. There were just like a lot of production issues that were glaring and some some story beats that yeah. didn't land because they weren't really well set up. And, and like I said, the, the fact that storylines make me angry um, when, when they're supposed to, I don't know if I should mark that as a good thing or a bad thing, especially in this case where I feel like it should have been a more drawn out uh, return to the dark side. I, I will say this about this episode. Um According to IMDb, this is the lowest rated episode of the season. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Of the season. Uh, the only ones that are close to as low are Selfless, Brave, and True, and Lacey, which are back-to-back. <laughs> so, hooray! Yeah, the Lacey episode is not good. It's not good. I remember um, that one. Yeah, there's a couple back to back, back to back real stinkers this season. Um, join us next week when we'll be discussing Tiny. Hey, I like that one. That makes one of us. I think um, I don't know. Again, I would like to reiterate that I say I like that one, but that's based off of a, a sleep deprived uh, postpartum anxiety memory. So. <laughs> So I'm trying to think about, okay, so normally what I do is like I rate it in the context of the show. Do I think this is worse than X or Y episode? Right, right. Um, the, our, la- our, our lowest rated episode for this season was The Crocodile, and which in which I gave it 2.5 and you gave it 1.5 severed hands, or yep. one out of five. Two. Two out of five and one out of five sever hands. And that was our least favorite episode of the season. Um, huh. For me, uh, there were some things I liked about the Frankenstein story. Mm-hmm. But I can't overlook the crappy production. Mm-hmm. The, the, the every storyline having major issues. And just a lot of people just feeling a little out of character. I mean, even at the end of the episode, we have gold giving a line to the good guys characters mm-hmm. about how like they better not do anything to bell or he'll kill them all. Like, what would they do? You point out all the time about how they're goody goodies. So like, honestly, there's would not s- enough redeeming to give this episode, even like a middling rating for me. Would you say this one ranks around the same as, hold on. I'm looking, I'm looking. For one that I we would remember, uh, improvised landline fire one. starters. You remember? Des- <laughs> would you say that this one's as good as the one where with the um, the town hall being blown up? <sighs> I think rank is a good way to describe this episode. Um, <laughs> uh, or the dreamy episode. Is this one better or worse than the dreamy episode? I feel like there's not enough really, truly awful for this episode to yeah. be bad, but there's not enough good for it to be good. I, like it's right in the middle. And because it's Frankenstein, I'll give it a half point. So oh, okay. I'm going to give it three uncomfortable kisses out of five. Okay. Uh, I'm going to mm, agree with two. you. Two? Mm. Oh, this, so mm, this one is three. worse than two. Three, three. Three. So this one is about even with the other episode that was called The Doctor, which we, was out of five uncatalogued Enchanted Hearts, in which we both gave it 3.5, a rating of or three out of five, not 3.5. Yeah. 
on Cal- so this one writes about the same as the previous episode about Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. And what would you say the thing was again? Um, uncomfortable kisses. Yes, I agree with that. This is in the name of the brother is another 3.5, three out of five uncomfortable kisses. I agree with that because it's not a bad episode in general. It tells a good amount of story, but there are things about it that are off. It is a perfectly serviceable episode of a it's, television program. Yeah. It is not the worst. More. It is not the worst episode of the season, which according to us so far was the crocodile, which we both disliked a lot. Yes. Um, <laughs> maybe one of my least favorite episodes of all time because of the, the far reaching uh, uh, conflict of it. Uh, the, the, the far reaching uh, outcome of it being that, you know, um, hook, took my wife no you did you killed her she left you and you murdered her i'm still mad about it i mean that even got brought up in this episode yeah that that got no. brought up again in this episode whenever he threw bell over whenever bell went over the thing and he was like you took bell from me he's like now you know how it felt when you took mila he's like you took her first like no she left you because you were horrible to be with and then when you found out she left you, you killed her. And not even because of her, but to hurt the person that she left you for. You're a bad I, person. I will say, when she left him, he was not necessarily the bad guy in that situation. They were just no. not a good match. Yeah. Um, but then he took it too hard and became the bad guy in the situation. Yes. So by, by took it too hard. I mean, no, he was fully justified in being mad about the fact that she abandoned her son. Fair. Justifiable. Um, killing her too far. Yeah. Yeah. Should have made her pay child support. Yeah. Child support. Oh, you're running with the pirate now. I expect to see some of that gold. Yeah. Um, oh, our son, he's missing. Uh, uh, but I need some back pay. Uh, some, of, some of the gold and exotic spices oh and God. salt uh silks that still, you bring back he yeah. had plenty of salt oh uh, and uh i think that's all i have to say about that yeah i think mm. it's all i have to say about this episode uh best dressed i'm trying to remember people's outfits in this uh I love regina's mannequins <laughs> regina's mannequins <laughs> regina's out of focus mannequins in the background i was oh sorry i'm clicking a pin into the microphone um i am gonna say based off of the people who actually got to dress up in this episode um it's between frankenstein and cora but i always love cora's dresses because they are so over the top and inappropriate for every situation um for me it's going to be regina's um sensibly cut but vibrantly colored red pantsuit thing that she wears in her hidey hole um i have nothing but respect for when she's in her (laughs) self-care hole that she's still like dressed up because like self-love hole um when regina's in the patented regina mills self-love hole um I really like that she's still like dressed for work, like to go be a mayor. I I can't do that. Like mm-hmm. I sit every day in a pair of pajama pants or sweatpants. So honestly, that's iconic of her. I mean, I get it. You see, I'm not wearing a robe today, and that's only because I had to leave the house this morning. 
Elaine's wearing a lovely dress. Well, you Thank have to you. leave the house. It's it's Sunday. You went to church, huh? I, I went. And I did the holy dishes. Well, I didn't do the dishes today. I, I but yes, I cleaned yeah. up after church. I have a sinus infection, so I did not actually attend church because I felt church, like that would right. be irresponsible. There. Mm-hmm. I'm Episcopalian. Uh, it's okay, guys. <laughs> I think I think listening to this podcast, no one, no one would be like, "Oh wait, it's a late, it's a lane like a, a quiverful movement person or something." Mm-hmm. My my religion has a sense of humor and is also politically progressive. <laughs> Secret fundamentalist, Elaine. Yikes! Can you oh, imagine? God. Oh God, no! I think you would have a we lot. We would not. We would not be friends. We would not be friends, and I think you would be a lot more happy with the choices that they make for characters like Rumpelstiltskin. Ugh. Gender roles. Okay. And on Blah. that note. So this has been Story Broke. Miserably ever after. This has been Story Broke. Miserably ever after. A Your Pretty Friend production. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review us almost anywhere fine podcasts are downloaded. You can also follow us on Twitter at StoryBrokePod. This episode has been made possible thanks to the love and support of our spouses and listeners like you. Thank you.